0: Good morning, church. I hope you're ready to hear from the Lord today as we open up um, the next step in our series that we are just beginning last week on walking through the spiritual disciplines that we think will help us in our um, Walk with the Lord uh, Pastor Mark talked last week about purity um, that being the the base of Um, understanding of having a life that is clean and pure before the Lord with a desire to serve the Lord a desire to honor Him in all that we are and all that we do and today I want to take a next step in that as we look at the idea of stewardship how do we steward what God has given us how are we managers of what God has given us uh, in this life Um, and so we're going to talk about that today we're going to begin in first corinthians chapter number three and we'll be in verse number 18 and paul's talking to the church about wisdom and foolishness and this world's life and the the life of the believer in christ and so listen to what he says here in verse number 18. don't fool yourselves whoever thinks they are wise in this world should become a fool that's the only way he can be wise i say this because the wisdom of the world is foolishness to god as the scripture says he catches those who think they are wise in their own clever traps the scripture also says the lord knows the thoughts of the wise he knows that their thoughts are worth nothing so there's not a person on earth that any of you should be boasting about everything is yours paul Apollos Peter the world life death the present and the future all are yours And you belong to Christ and Christ belongs to you. There was a lot of division in this church about uh, Who they were following whether they were following Peter or whether they're following Paul or Apollos or Christ and uh, we know about some of those divisions that uh, Existed in that day in that church and what? um, Paul is trying to say to them here is look you need to understand that If you're trying to figure out how to walk in your spiritual life how you're to try to walk before the Lord in purity and manage all that God has given you you can't do it from human reasoning you have to do it from the reasoning of the Lord he goes on to say in chapter number four verse number one you should think of us as servants of Christ now remember he he was just talking about Paul Apollos Peter the world life death present the future All these are yours so he's talking to all of the church he's saying that we are all we should think of all of us as servants of Christ those of us who have been born again by the Spirit of God those who have God living in us should think of us as servants of Christ the ones God has trusted to do the work of making known his secret truths those who are trusted with such an important work must show that they are worthy of of that trust in the king james it says that they should be good stewards of the work of god and so what we're talking about here is being a a steward or a manager of what god has given us and what god is doing in us and through us to the world around us we should view ourselves as stewards of all that god has given us it is about our faithfulness to god and how he would display that Amazing grace that he has given us to those around us in the world around us whether that be the lost who need to see the amazing grace of God in the uh, Act of redemption or whether it's in the body of Christ as we display grace to one another as we mature in our Our faith as we walk together in Christ. And so God is is clearly telling us here that we ought to be um, managing and uh, um, stewarding this And, and so when we look at managing in this life, when we talk about people who are managers, um, that's not always a, a, a good thought or even a, a, a good statement to be made towards people. When we talk about somebody being a manager, I, I'm a baseball fan and, and I often, when they talk about baseballs and managers, managers uh, get a, a kind of a bad rap for the decisions that they make, the choices, how they're using their team, how they use a pitcher or a relief pitcher or a batter. Um, in in pro football or in college football. uh, They talk about a quarterback, one that's that's overseeing the entire team. And when they talk about someone who manages the game, it's almost a derogatory statement. as not uh, being someone who necessarily has a a a gunslinger mentality, a go out and win it all at all cost mentality. But when God talks about a manager, what he's talking about is being faithful to what God is doing and strategically Thinking through our lives and how we're going to manage what God has given us to gain the fullest advantage that God would desire. So um, as I began to think about this I really thought about how I grew up and the the denomination that I grew up in and and the teachings that I grew up in. I recently was reading through studying for this message and I read a, a sermon from a, a, a young man, and I was gleaning out through some of his stuff, and, and uh, I had a, I had almost had a flashback to, to my growing up days because uh, as I was reading his um, message and the, the points that he was making, I, I was uh, somewhat discouraged by it because he was looking at such a, a fine walk that you know if 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 we are born again that that we must do this. He was adding up time in a, in a calendar, uh, how many hours in a day, which how many hours, uh, in, how many days in a week, how many weeks in a year, how many how many hours that would be in a year, how much uh, an average person lived, and how much time did we ought to give to give 10% to God every week? And I thought, boy, he's missing the point completely. In fact, there's a, a scripture where Jesus is talking about that uh, very thing in Matthew chapter number 23, He's talking about this idea of who we are in Christ and, and the, uh, uh, the way we ought to be walking and managing our lives. And, and uh, he's talking to the religious leaders of the day who are tremendous, detailed um, uh, accountants of their time and their money and their food and their tithing. And they're making sure that very nth degree... That they're doing exactly one-tenth of everything so that they uh, meet the requirements that they believe God has and Jesus talking to them said you're missing the point guys that's it's not the point at all uh, listen to what he says to them in Matthew chapter 23 in verse number 23 it says it will be bad for you teachers of the law and you Pharisees now you got to understand the Pharisees were the the religious elite in that day. These were the guys that followed every law. They, they, they crossed every T and dotted every I. And uh, as a matter of fact, uh, earlier when, when Jesus said it's easier uh, for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than it is for one of these kind of people to get into heaven, people were just astounded because how could it be that these extremely dedicated religious people could be missing the point? So Jesus goes on to say to them in that place that it's going to be bad for you. Why? Because you're a hypocrite. See, you're doing the work, but it's not in your heart. He said, you give got a tenth of the food you get, even the mint, dill, and cumin. Now, I'm not a, a huge cooking um, person, but I do like to cook. Most of y'all know that. Um, and and I can't imagine buying a, a bottle of cumin and Segregating out in tenth so that I could put a tenth of it in a, a bottle to bring to the, to the church or to the temple in that day, um, of your mint, all the little leaves of mint that you get. You're going to make sure one in ten goes to the, to the priest or to the, to the temple. I mean, these guys were, were to the letter of the law, but he said, you're doing all of that, but you don't obey the really important teachings of the law. You're doing the little fine things. You're making sure you get every little um, letter exactly where it should be, but you're missing the really big things. Being fair, showing mercy, being faithful. These are the things you should do. And you should also continue to do those other things. He wasn't saying that they should not tithe of what God had given them. He wasn't saying that they should not be giving 10%. Uh, as a, a, a Jewish person to the temple, those who were following the law. He, he wasn't saying that. As a matter of fact, um, this message on stewardship, we're really not going to talk about tithing, but, but most of you know that I believe that it is a great way for us to measure out how we're giving to God. In fact, I think this passage talks about one of those ideas of, of this idea of You ought to be doing more and above in this New Testament day of grace than just the letter of the law. So I do think that that tithing is good for a person to to measure by. I think it's a way that we can use to um, gauge where we are in our walk with Christ because it's easy to kind of let things slip. But if that's all you're doing, you're missing the point of being a steward of what God has given you. God is not necessarily looking for every mint leaf. He's looking for you to be doing the right things, and that really comes from having the right heart. I think that's the key to this whole passage, to understanding um, this idea of stewardship. See, stewardship isn't about money. It isn't about your things. Stewardship is about your life. The fact that you've been redeemed by God, that you've been bought at a price. You and I have been purchased by God, given new life. Matthew chapter 6, probably one of the most famous passages of Jesus is um, 5, 6, and 7, the Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew chapter 6, and verse 19, Jesus talking about this idea of treasures. Forget the idea of money. Think about the things that you treasure. He said, don't save treasures for yourself here on earth. Moths and rust will destroy them thieves can break into your house and steal them Instead save your treasures in heaven Where they cannot be destroyed by moths and rust and where thieves cannot break in and steal Your heart will be where your treasure is That's really the key to stewardship. Where's your heart? Where's my heart? What is it I desire? What what is it that that moves me internally? To do what i'm doing? Where my heart is, that's where I'm going to put my treasure. Where my desire is, that's where I'm going to put my treasure. Um, you can you can look at folks that have got their their heart in this world, and they put their treasure into this world. But you find a believer whose heart is given to God, and his treasure, his substance, the things of his life, his his activities. Those things are going to be found in pouring himself. to Christ and into the things that Christ wants when we talk about stewardship again it's not about money it's about your life verse number 24 says you cannot serve two masters at the same time you will hate one and love the other or you will be loyal to one and not care about the other you cannot serve God and money or treasure this life, you cannot serve them at the same time. Where's your focus? Where's your heart? Where are you in your life? Let me ask you a few questions today as we, as we think about this. I don't want to spend a long time on this. Most of us understand this basic principle, but I want you to begin to think. In this time when things are so um, disorganized, it seems, in, the, in the, the, the life that we're used to, when things are so so disheveled and, and turned around, let me ask you something. Where's your treasure? Where's your heart? Where where are you finding your time to do? Where where are you you spending your your um, time? Are you spending your time um, wasting it away on frivolous things? Listen, all of us need um, time away. All of us need distractions. I mean, God's not. Um, discouraged with us or frustrated with us when we spend time um, doing things that are just entertaining or um, mindlessly kind of releasing anxiety and energy. God's not frustrated with that unless it gets out of balance. So how are you spending your time? What are you doing with your time? How are you managing the time that God's giving you? I know one of the things that Pastor Mark and I've talked about. I've talked with several folks at the church during this time, has just had some conversations, and, and people have said to me, I'm spending more time in the Word. I've got some more time, and so I'm I'm crafting more time out of my, my schedule to be in the Word. And the funny thing is, nobody has any more time. We've all got the same 24 hours we've always had. It's just we're allocating our time differently. We say, well, you know, I can't go to work, or, Or my kids can't go to school and so we're we're in the house more well Trust me. That's not the bulk of your day. It might be a part of your day, but but where your heart is Ask yourself is your heart in your job? Is your heart in your children? Is your heart in the things of this life or is your heart in your relationship with God? If you can tell me that in a 24-hour day, that you can't find the time to spend 15 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour some days with God in His Word, in prayer, in study. If you can't find time to, to spend some time sharing with others the truth of who God is in your life and how God loves them. If you can't find some time out of your day to do something for your neighbor, to love on someone else, to to care and meet the needs of others then you need to probably reschedule your time because your time is a reflection of your heart and your heart is wrapped up many times our hearts are wrapped up in what we can gain out of this life jesus clearly told us that we need to 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 be careful about that because We don't want to pour everything into what goes on on this earth because moth and rust and thieves, they can destroy all that we take in on this life. How many of us are seeing right now the truth that that those things that we had great faith in have fallen away? Those things that we had such security in are, are not as secure as we thought they were. Even our own health is suspect to a virus that none of us can see. How do you spend your time what are you doing with it? how are you managing it for the kingdom of god god has given you 24 hours today you'll never get this 24 hours back how have you used this day so far for the kingdom of god have you grown your own walk have you encouraged someone have you helped another have you deepened your walk with the lord have you Have you poured time into study and understanding and reading and memorizing, deepening your relationship with God? How about your relationships? How are you managing your relationships? Are you a good steward of your relationships or are you taking people for granted? It's easy to Take your spouse or your parents or your kids for granted. I think one of the things that I find interesting in this last month is the amount of people I watch from my porch walking up and down the road with families now. Um, you see a whole family out gathered together. You'll see uh, a mom and dad and kids. I was watching a family on my road the other day and two small children and a, a young mom and dad and they were They had a garbage bag with them. They were picking up litter off the side of the road as they went and they were exercising and they were talking and they were picking up trash and their kids were talking and laughing and 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 I don't know that I'd ever seen this do this before but See that may be a part of my time because I probably haven't been spending the time on the porch Watching that I have lately, but how are you developing your relationships? How are you developing the relationships within the body of Christ? Are you reaching out to people? How about the people in our church? Have you reached out to anyone this week? Have you called someone, checked on them? When was the last time you, boy, this is going to be a shocker. When was the last time you sat down and, and jotted somebody a note and dropped it in the mail? And just that I was thinking about you, I was praying for you. Boy, one of the greatest ways you can develop and manage and steward your relationships is how much time are you praying for the people that matter to you in your life? How much time do you spend praying for your spouse? How much time do you spend praying for your your children? How much time do you spend praying for your church? For your pastors? For those that are pouring into your life? How much time do you spend praying for yourself? How much time do you spend with your relationship with God, having conversations with Him? These questions begin to, to move us and prod us to think about our relationships. What about that that neighbor? Um, What about that person in your community? What about that that person at the bank or at the grocery store that you see on a regular basis? That person at the the corner uh, Jiffy store that you, you speak to two or three times a week when you stop by there for something. Are you developing that relationship? Are you seeking to find spiritual depth in those relationships? Are you looking and asking God to give you wisdom and understanding and talking to those people? How are you developing your relationships? What about those people that just aggravate? I mean, they're just they're the people that make your life miserable. How much time do you pray for them? How much time do you pray for yourself about the the conflict? How much have you asked God to show you how you can minister to them? And and let's face it, you may never be able to. There's some people out there that you're never going to be able to share the gospel with in a way that, that's going to be meaningfully different to them because they are closed to God. But God didn't call you to open them up. He called you to share His truth. He called you to love them. He called me to love them. How about your relationships? Ask yourself this week. Spend some time today. How are you managing your relationships? Let me ask you this. How are you managing the gifts that God has given you? You do understand uh, scripture tells us in in corinthians over in corinthians chapter 12 and 13 Talks about the spiritual gifts and, and and the bible tells us very clearly that each one of us every single person born again by the spirit of god Every one of us Has been given at least one spiritual gift Do you know what your gift is? Are you cultivating that gift? Maybe you've got more than one gift I was talking to, to somebody this week about the idea of, of being on a platform and speaking to people, public speaking, and, and uh, I've always been fairly comfortable talking to people because I like to talk. Um, it's always been one of the things that God made me to do. But it's interesting how that has developed over time as God has crafted me to do what I do and how that's changed and how I've worked at developing this conversation, being able to to Think about what I'm saying ahead of time being able to respond to the Holy Spirit as he speaks into my life Even in the middle of a message and prompts me to say things There's a gift that I've been given a gift of teaching. How am I developing that? Am I studying? Am I reading? Am I did I I went to school and did some training, but how am I developing it now? That was years ago if all I was going to do was just take those classes in school and, and that was going to be the end of it. I wouldn't be much of a, a teacher. How am I developing my gifts? What about you? What are your gifts? How are you developing your gifts? Do you know what your gifts are? And if not, are you willing to seek God and ask him to show you what it is he's gifted you to do? And how you can manage, how you can steward these gifts for the kingdom of God in the days ahead. How about your treasure? I'm not going to talk much about money, but how about your treasure? Listen, I got to tell you, for, for those that are listening that are part of Fresh Start Fellowship, Keystone Heights, my church family, I just want to want to tell you what an awesome encouragement this month has been. Uh, for, for anyone that knows our church, we you know that, that the last year or two has been a, a struggle financially for us. We've been some ups and downs and trying to figure out what to do and how to do it managing those tight budgets making sure that that we're doing what we need to do and in this last month when we weren't together and i've heard preachers talk about um, how difficult it has been and, and i've heard ministries talk about their finances falling off and i've talked about heard charities telling me that the bottom has just dropped out and i just want to tell you church you've been such an encouragement within that first few days i had people calling me saying how do we get online? You know, we've been thinking about doing online giving and you've talked about it for years, but we've never really sat down and do it. We're going to do it now. We want to make sure that our gift is given. I've had phone calls from people who said, look, I'm not really the online kind of person, but, but I want to make sure I've got the post office box because I want to mail in my check. I've had people come to my house and bring cash and say, please make sure this gets in the offering uh, this next week. Because what you have learned is that that God calls you to be faithful what you've been given And and it's not about the church folding up and the lights getting cut off and and us not being able to do what we're doing But it's about you being faithful with what god's given you and you receiving the blessings of your faithfulness And let me just tell you church y'all have been faithful Uh, One of the things that has encouraged me is that over the last several years as we've really uh, talked about being faithful to to our, our giving And faithful to the things that God has entrusted us with financially and and sometimes a preacher wonders if people are listening if it's sinking in and I just want to tell you church you're doing a great job keep it up continue to be faithful not because the church is going to go under if you don't give but because God is showing you how to meet the needs how how we can meet the needs in the church how we can take these funds and use them outside the church I believe in the days ahead, we're going to see amazing ways that we can begin to take the finances that God has entrusted us with in this life and still have uh, the, the excess that we have to use in our life. But God's going to show us great ways, even in a little place like Keystone Heights, that we can take the excess that God has given us above and beyond our needs and even some of our wants. And he's going to show us how we can make a kingdom difference. As we pour into lives with finances, there are people lining up all around this county every single week that don't have jobs, that don't have food. And you say, well, you know, that's, they, they need to be better prepared. That, that's not the point. Jesus said we're to feed hungry people. Jesus said we're to love old people that have needs. We're, we're to, to help meet their needs. Now, part of their needs are spiritual. So as we help feed, We talk about the grace of Christ. We talk about the goodness of God. We talk about salvation. We share the truth of who God is and what God's done. As we minister to these people and meet their needs, God is going to allow us to manage our treasure in such a way that it's going to make eternal differences. And and you may not have that every extra little thing that you want, every gadget you want, but let me remind you that Thieves can break in and steal those gadgets and those those boats and those trucks and those cars and those Those things that we prize in this life. They will get old and they will rust And moths will get in and mess with the fabrics of life But the money that we sow into the kingdom of God into the lives of people is being stored Today in heaven to your account. That is exactly what Jesus said So let me encourage you today Think about these things as you as you think over the rest of this day, as you begin to concentrate on this message, think about how are you managing your time? How are you spending it every day? You find yourself just wasting time, just kind of floating through the day, no, no real plan, just, just gonna see what happens for the day. And you find that today turns into tomorrow and the next day and the next, and you're making no real effort to see what God wants you to do with your time. How about your relationships? How are you managing them? How are you stewarding the the people that God has put in your life for kingdom principle? How about the gifts that God has given you? How are you growing them so that you can do kingdom work in an awesome way? How about your finances, your treasure? Are you being faithful to God? Are you looking for ways that you can take and invest in the kingdom? Or is your heart all set on investing in yourself? Remember what Jesus said. Where your heart is, there will your treasure be also. So let me ask you today, church, what kind of a steward or a manager have you been? And how can you make a difference tomorrow than what you've been doing in these past days? Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the truths that you give us in your word, for the hope that we can come and and pour out our hearts before you and and that you can move in our lives and change our directions and give us new encouragements and new new, um, uh, uh, pressing points in our lives to move us forward. Father, thank you that you, you do not leave us stagnant. Lord, I pray that you would use our church in the days ahead to be good managers of the varied graces, the many graces that you have poured out in our lives. Lord, I pray that that you would speak into our lives today. Let us hear from you. Help us to, as we consider, how we are managing the grace that you have deposited into our lives. And how all that fits into this greater idea of spiritual discipline in our life. Father, we thank you and we love you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, let me remind you we have a new month coming up. We'll have a brand new memory verse coming up. And uh, I want to read that to you um, and and let you uh, begin to uh, think on this as we have gone through these first four. We talked about them uh, on our Saturday broadcast and uh, talked about these verses as we head into this next a set of spiritual disciplines um, we have a new verse that we want to share with you and uh, let, me, let me pull it up for you real quick here. It is 2 Timothy 2 15. Listen to what it says. Do your best to be the kind of person God will accept and give yourself to him. Be a worker who has no reason to be ashamed of his work. One who applies the truth, teaching. In the right way. As we've talked today about being a steward, what a great verse for us to look forward to in the month of, of, of May. As we begin to look at this idea of being a worker who has no reason to be ashamed of the work that we're doing. Begin to concentrate and think on that verse this month and ask God to speak to it to you in your life as the month goes forward. I look forward to hopefully giving you some more information very soon about where we're going and what we're going to be doing. Let me tell you that right now, as it stands, unfortunately, we feel like this is probably gonna take another month before we're gonna be able to gather together. So at this time, after talking with Pastor Mark and and talking with Brother Tom, and our deacons, we have decided that we are gonna tentatively close for the month of May. Now I say tentatively because we're gonna pay attention to what's going on. And we might find out in two or three weeks that we're gonna be able to open back up before the end of May, the first of June. And so we'll keep you up on that. But uh, I can pretty well uh, assure you that it's probably gonna be at least through the middle of the month and more likely through the end of the month if nothing changes drastically. Keep praying for one another, keep reaching out to one another, take some time. And uh, we promise that we got some things coming up that you're gonna be able to see one another, gather together and yet not be together. Um, We've got a special plan that we're looking for for Mother's Day weekend that week, and uh, we've got some things that we want to do. We'll get you those uh, uh, ideas as we we get a little closer to that, that week. I love you, church. Have a great, great Lord's Day.